A popular expression these days is security as a business enabler. But when can security enable business and when does it interfere with conducting business? Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group. And to discuss the balancing the need to protect the organization and the need to run a business, I'm pleased to be joined by Paul Proctor, Chief of Research for Risk and Security at the IT advisory firm Gartner. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Eric. Nice to be here. You've recently published research that addressed how enterprises should reset their approach to risk and security by balancing the need to protect the organization and the need to run the business. Is IT security a business enabler or does it obstruct business activities or both? I was going to say the answer is yes. We actually started going down this path about five or six years ago where I got tired of hearing the phrase business alignment, and I actually went out to seek an answer as to how organizations successfully do business alignment. One of the outcomes of that was that we've built some methodologies around integrating risk and corporate performance, and I've had a lot of exposure to our clients that are trying to rebuild their security programs around doing that successfully. In fact, I've I've developed this ratio that I call the 70 and the 30. And the 70% sort of take a traditional approach to security where they're very reactive. Every answer is a new technology and they're very reactive to things. Whereas the 30% are more risk-based, they are in fact interested rather in being the defenders of the organization, they're interested in being the facilitators of that balance between the needs to protect and the needs to run the business. One of the things that we've seen, there's a whole bunch of changes coming right now to organizations, particularly driven around things like cloud, mobile, and social, but that's really just the beginning. Whole business models are changing. And as a result of that, the security officer, the risk officer role, it's it's all changing. The 70% are going to have to step up, and the 30% are the ones that are sort of ready to take this on. How do the 70% step up? Well, I mean, it's development of new skills. You know, we used to talk about very simple things like it's about the ability to communicate better, the ability to understand your business. As I'm fond of saying, you don't have to go to business school to do better with this, but you do, in fact, need to understand more about your business. That's where a lot of the 70% fail. If you take the average security officer and you ask them to describe what the desired business outcomes of their organization are, they can't do it. Now, you can tell you got somebody in the 30% because they can do that immediately. Some of the challenges and skills that they need to develop, in addition to understanding their own business, is being able to connect the actual business impacts of various security, say the threat of security failures to business failures. You know, we see this activity where they do what I call bottom up, where they say, well, if we don't patch vulnerabilities, then that's going to be bad for our business. Really? How? Well, it's going to be bad. Okay, what's going to happen? Well, it's going to affect our profitability. Really? but not able to actually explain the linkages between things like good patching and how it fixes the organizations. I would say those are the types of things that we're seeing. That that, and this getting at you know, some of the bad behaviors, like getting out of being reactive, being more process-oriented and proactive, stopping behaviors like walking around scaring people. Everybody knows that isn't effective, and yet it's rampant throughout the 70%. You talked about, you speak called, or, or these uh, businesses approached with the business alignment of IT and IT security. Is it more than just semantics that now we're talking about enablement through security? Oh, well, no. The whole enablement thing is it's not at all semantics. In fact, 
I would say there's a bright line between trying to protect the organization and constantly trying to lower risk versus when you start to balance, you actually can be an enabler. One of my favorite examples of this is there's a, there's a car company in Europe. They have an assembly line where a car rolls off the assembly line every 90 seconds. An hour of downtime caused by IT on the assembly line is 40 lost cars of inventory. So they report lost cars of inventory to their executives, not IT downtime, because their, their executives don't care about IT downtime. They care about cars. Now, the interesting thing about this example is, so how is security an enabler? Well, if I'm reporting lost inventory for them, we're now talking about a business problem that, in the background, what I sometimes refer to as below the line in IT operations, there's a number of things that need to be fixed here. So, but we are now enabling the business to be more efficient, to increase output, and as a result of that, increase profit. So it is possible to actually produce things that, that do, in fact, enable the business. A lot of what you're saying here sounds as if this is advice you're giving to uh, chief information security officers, chief risk officers. Let's take a look from the CEO's perspective. What do they need to do? Ah, well, I talk about there's a cultural disconnect with most executives today where they believe that this is a technical problem handled by technical people buried in IT. And if there's a failure, well, then we must have hired the wrong people. And that's not really the way it works. The way to address this disconnect is, first of all, stop acting in that way because every time you try to scare budget out of them, it reinforces this idea that it is, in fact, a technical problem. If you can bridge the cultural gap, then the executives, the CEOs, the boards, I do a lot of uh, review of board presentations for our clients, and if you can successfully help them to understand where they sit in the governance pyramid, if you will, it will impact things like investment decisions. It will allow them to give the resources necessary to the security people to be successful. But it starts with the security people helping deliver that message because, frankly, other than certain failures, certain well-known failures that are in the news constantly, and whatever they are this year, it doesn't matter. There'll be new ones next year. Executives always have a reason to pay attention to this problem. But until you bridge that disconnect, they're always going to have the same answer. Yeah, something went wrong. Let's do a huge investment, a huge infusion of cash. And then, as I like to say, security officers like to run around and buy that DLP system that they've been trying to get for three years, and now's their opportunity. Mm, that's not really the best behavior. What you want to do is institutionalize better practice, and executives need to understand that they significantly influence the decision-making around whether there is appropriate balance going on in the organization. I mean, the bottom line is if you're going to create that balance. It should not be IT and security people making the decision as to how much investment and what the right thing to do is. That actually needs to be in the hands of the executive. Is there any way to get executives to listen to you if you're a CISO or a CRO? Well, sure. Yeah. Start talking in a language that matters to them. One of the best characteristics of a successful metric is one that influences the decision-making of an audience that you're trying to communicate with, which means that if you want a metric that is going to influence a CEO, you'd better give them something that actually influences their decision-making. Problem is, most security officers don't even know what decisions their CEO makes every day. So how on earth are they ever going to deliver anything of relevance to them? 
but it's incumbent on the CISO, CIO, or the CRO to make that step to put into language that the executives understand. You can't rely on them saying, hey, tell us about it. Over time, culture will change, and CEOs and executives will start to understand this better. We're starting to see this with IT in general. It's been a long road, but over the last 10 years, executives are starting to understand IT isn't just the computers people run. Well, they're slowly starting to come to realize that security is not just the people running the firewalls, and that's their problem. We still have a long road in front of us, but... Yeah, so right now, 98% of that responsibility is on the security officers changing their behavior to open the door for executives to start understanding better their responsibility. Something like the target breach, is that waking up chief executives or is it just in reality just more clutter that they're hearing and they don't quite interpret that as something that could happen to them? Well, a little bit of both. That, that's what I meant earlier when I said that whatever you're seeing in the press now, it doesn't matter what it is this year because they'll have new things to look at next year. I mean, this is going to be a never-ending cycle. That will always wake up executives. But in the end, sort of focusing on the headlines doesn't really benefit them because you don't control the threats. You don't control the things, the very same things like the hackers who go in and attack a company. What you do control is your readiness. Uh, that's a great place to focus their attention is, are we appropriately prepared for this? But the headlines are a great way to get their attention. Then when you get their attention, you have to do something useful with it. Thanks, Paul. Oh, you're very welcome. I've been speaking with Paul Proctor of Gartner for Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.